I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. This is your boy, Maddie G, as always, with Colby Patnode, the Omega 3 Poppy, meeting with Colby on Thanksgiving Day, post trade deadline. That, you know, the, the playoff race is heating up. But before we get into all that and the trades and all that goodness, how's it going, Colby? It's going pretty well, you know. Uh, I think this is the earliest we've ever recorded a podcast. Uh, I'm watching the uh, the sun kind of crest over the uh, the hills out here, um, albeit into a cloudy uh, kind of prototypical, you know, late fall, early winter t- type of day. But uh, it's Thanksgiving. Um, not one of my favorite holidays. I think it's a little bit overrated, to be honest with you. Um, but you know, it's a day to eat and watch crappy football and that's, you know, that's something, that's something. So, um, you know, happy to be here, uh, you know, talk some, some trade, um, also talk some big picture stuff and, uh, just kind of have, you know, kick off, kick off Thanksgiving with a little bit of fun. For sure. Uh, I don't know if this question is, is, you know, too heavy. I hate to put you on the spot, but because it is Thanksgiving day. Is there anything that immediately comes to your mind in terms of in terms of what you're thankful for? Um well, you know, there's there's things like family and friends. And I could be nice and say all the people in the fantasy football league uh for making this year really fun despite all of its challenges. But honestly, at the end of the day, what I'm most thankful for is that Tyler has been eliminated from the playoff race. So <laughs> um that's 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 pretty much it if we're being honest. Classic. Classic. Well, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to do, you know, a little face turn here and just say, you know, obviously this is a little premature because we still have plenty of football to go. Season's not over yet, but you know It is for Tyler. <laughs> for some of you guys, maybe it is technically <laughs> over, but but you know, I think that uh, I just wanted I just want to say like you like you kind of led on to there Given the circumstances, you know, I'm really grateful for for this league and this group of guys and how we've how we've uh, you know fought this this year to to stay competitive and trade and stay active and the and obviously the league chat's always fun and and just given the cer- the circumstances of, of this of the year with COVID and all of that and um, it was just kind of nice to have the league chat to kind of fall off, fall back on here the last uh, you know quarter of this year so. Um, that's what I'm thankful. For. That's one of the things that I'm thankful for today. Um, but anyways, all right, let's get into these trades. I haven't counted how many we have, but we have, uh, we have plenty Nine, of them. I think. Okay. So that's a good amount, a good number, but we've proven that we can get through these in a time efficient manner. I've got my coffee on deck, so I hope you have your coffee on deck. If, if do you do coffee? I don't even know if you do coffee. No, I, I don't do coffee. What do you do? In the morning, 
no no usually it's um usually it's a whiskey coke but you know um oh there you go Classic. trying to keep things yeah trying to keep things casual here on uh <laughs> on thanksgiving so Perfect. uh just just some water this morning there we go all right well let's get into this so if we're not mistaken here I think the first deal that we have yet to, to speak on is this is a while back now, of course, but it was it was late on last Wednesday. Brian and Jake made a trade where Brian acquired DJ Chark, Jalen Riker, and James Robinson from Jake in exchange for Cooper Cup and Calvin Ridley. Um, so I guess. I guess the obvious sort of initial, uh, you know, at a glance here is just simply that, you know, Brian wanted to get a running back. He got some, some interesting receivers here, albeit uh, a downgrade from what he had, but there's upside. Um, Now, of course we do know now with the benefit of hindsight that he, he actually didn't have Rager for long, traded him back to Jake. Um, but nonetheless, nonetheless, if we're just going to look at this deal and isolate this one deal in time, um, you know, I don't think anybody's arguing whether or not, you know, Cooper cup, Cooper cup and Calvin Ridley are really the big names here. Of course, they're the receivers though. Brian wanted a runner. James Robinson's had a hell of a year here. Um, so, you know, all things considered, um, you know, Brian, as far as I'm concerned, Brian gets the running back that that he kind of uh, you know wanted or needed, however you want to look at it, and gets two receivers who are probably, in most people's perspective, maybe on like that fringe low end two or like high end flex, depending on the week. They're kind of in that range, and then um, you know Jake, basically Jake moves Robinson for Ridley. And then he gets cup in exchange for Rager and Chark is kind of the way I look at it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, basically that. Uh, Jake uh, had some running back depth, uh, and not just you know, hey, I have David Montgomery and Adrian Peterson and whatever, <laughs> you know, like not not that kind of depth. He had like legitimate boys that uh, were doing damage for him. Little thin at wide receiver, so he goes out and he you know he trades, uh, you know, some of that really good quality running back depth that he has. And he goes and improves his uh, wide receiver situation. Um, of course, Cooper cup goes out, you know, on Monday night and he catches what 14 passes or something crazy like that. Um, for 140 some odd yards, whatever the final numbers were. So, uh, good move by Jake. I think it's a good move by Brian. It makes sense for both guys. Um, I, I, I don't really care about Jalen Rager at all, to be honest with you. Um, he's kind of the equivalent of a fantasy dry hump. Uh, just people keep on waiting for him to be healthy and, and do these big things. And it just, it's not happening this year. Um, which probably means in the playoffs, he'll be putting up 20 a week. But, um, I look at it more as it's Calvin Ridley for James Robinson. That's fine. Uh, I, I would probably prefer, um, I'd probably prefer Robinson over Ridley. Uh, but it's close. And then you have DJ Shark for Cooper Cup, and those guys are both kind of been disappointing this year. So uh, I think they're roughly in the same class. So I think it's a, it's a pretty fair balanced trade. And then Brian gets the lottery ticket. Um, 
to kind of make up the difference between cup and shark. And I, I think there is a slight difference there. So I, I just think it's a good solid trade that helped both teams. Sure. Well, like I said, I don't want to prolong this particular deal, but just on one point that you made, I actually do agree with you. Probably you're probably right. In all likelihood, this is going to be sort of, I hate, I, don't, I hate to call it a lost season for Reger. That doesn't feel entirely appropriate. Although he did miss quite a bit of time with injuries but, uh, you know, for the rest of the year, um, I feel like Rager is obviously a, a quality bench stash. Maybe like uh, maybe some weeks you flex him. This mm-hmm. week, actually, you know, with the matchup against Seattle on Monday night, I would say that he is sort of like an interesting like DFS, um, yeah. you know, pivot play. The problem is, is I, I play DFS on Yahoo and Rager's actually priced up. So, so I don't know that this really, it's, I don't know that that's of interest to anybody, but it's just something that I observed. I think Rager might have a nice game this week, um, potentially something to keep an eye on. And, but I agree with you as far as the rest of the season, I think the Eagles offense, um, and we all know about, you know, Wentz's struggles this year, but I think the Eagles offense is pretty much as far as the passing attack is concerned going to probably flow through those tight ends like it has for well for years really mm-hmm. um anyhow uh let's move on to this next deal here so the next deal um was tj and Derek. tj acquires deandre swift for Kenyon drake um in a deal with Derek. here of course i'm imagining that so Derek makes this move after DeAndre Swift was ruled out last week mm-hmm. um, with a concussion. And I'm sure TJ was sort of hoping that Swift would be made available. Potentially, you know, there was potential that he might clear the concussion protocol for last week's game. That, of course, against Carolina, which is a good matchup. That, of course, did not transpire but there was that juicy Thanksgiving matchup on the horizon against the Houston Texans that I'm pretty sure TJ was probably sort of banking on. And news drops this morning that Swift is not expected to suit up. Um, but that being said, you know, TJ did acquire Swift after his, I guess you'd call it his breakout game. And so moving forward, as TJ appears to be playoff bound, um, Swift could definitely make an impact for him down the stretch and probably somebody that you feel a little bit better th- about than Kenyon Drake. Although, although I haven't really looked at the schedules and that Drake Edmonds split these last couple of weeks has sort of, as far as I'm concerned, really kind of tilted in Kenyon Drake's favor. It really seems like they're, you know, like they're, they're, just going to sort of stubbornly commit to running him between the tackles, uh, efficiency be damned. Um, so we'll see. Um, but what are your thoughts on this deal? Yeah, you know, it's TJ in a pretty good playoff spot when he makes this trade. Pretty good odds he's going to make the playoffs. Uh, the opposite is true for Derek. Uh, Derek needs to win when he makes this trade. Uh, and even then his odds are really low, but, uh, he needs the win. Swift's not going to play. Kenyon Drake is, I mean, it, it's pretty easy to see how this uh, works out. Um, you know, logically for both of them, uh, 
I'm sure TJ would have loved to have Swift the last two weeks, but he also might not have been available if he, you know, was going to play last week. Uh, so it's just a good opportunity. Um, it's it's one of those, you know, upgrades that we talk about. It's not like a massive upgrade, but sometimes that extra 2% can really, you know, make a difference uh, between winning and losing in this league. So uh, it's, you know, take a little bit less now with the injury uh, to possibly prosper long-term. And Derek gets somebody he can actually start in his running back spot at least last week. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, in the in – the, they're both kind of running back twos. I, I think Swift has a higher upside this year, but they're both running back twos, so it, it made sense. Sure. All right, moving on to this next deal. This next deal was a deal that I made with Isaiah where I acquired James Conner, Benny Snell, and Tyler Eifert in exchange for Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, Mike Jasicki, and Jake Luton. Um, I think that it's the reason that I wanted to make the move was because it's what I, it's the same thing I've been saying for the last, ever since what week 10, I guess, Mm -hmm. which is that I'm not trying to win the trade. I'm trying to win the week. And in this, in this particular instance, I might've won the trade. Um, but nonetheless, I wanted to have James Conner against Jacksonville because the matchup was so good. And I knew that I was up against the wall against TJ last week. So I figured also I was kind of worried that TJ, if I didn't trade for Connor, then TJ might do it somehow. Um, You know, by trying to, to, uh, by trying to trade a quarterback, I can't actually, it's funny because it was just a week ago. I must be getting old. Don't remember who was on, his team so but I was for whatever reason I do remember I was like oh no I think TJ might make a play here for Connor I'm not trying to see Connor you know in my opponent's lineup for this week so I'm gonna try to make a play on him myself um so like I said at this point just sort of playing it week by week that being said let me be clear about that that's not that's not true in the most literal sense I don't think that you should sacrifice everything that you possibly have for the future or, or for, I guess, a more um, concise way of saying that is I don't think you should entirely sacrifice the future for the week. And that's not I don't think that's what I did here. I think that. But that being said, I just saw the great matchup, a player that could definitely help me down the stretch, the best player in the deal. And if I can get it done now. Eifert's a zero in this deal. I actually, I actually didn't even want Eifert, but I kind of figured, hey, you know, I don't want to, you know, what what good does it do to say, hey, actually take that guy out? I can just drop him. And I saw right. that I saw that Richard Rogers was in the free agency, so I had a thought where I was like, you know what I'll do? Since I'm waiting for Ertz to come back, and I already have Goddard, I'm just gonna pair the Eagles tight ends rest of the season, and um, and see what happens. Well, so far, so good. I guess we'll see how it, how it goes moving forward, but that was just kind of my thought. That way, if I have an injury at tight end, who cares? I'll just rotate the, the next man up. So, right. so that's why I was like, the way I'm looking at this is like, I free up a bench spot, so I'll go pick up, you know, I'll go pick up AJ Green, hopefully, if I want him with Fab, which looked, still wasn't great, 
when Joe Burrow was healthy, um, but looked a lot better than it that it does now. Um, but didn't cost me much. So one way or another. And then instead of Eifert, Rogers. And when I add those pieces into the deal, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. 100% I'm in. But but like I said, long story short, this deal was was about last week. I mean, Fournette and Brown against the Rams. I wasn't excited about that at all. I was never going to use Jake Luton. Mm-hmm. Um, and now apparently neither are the Jags. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that's I know that the Steelers have kind of been going have been skewing pass heavy and not using Connor as much, but um, nonetheless, because of the matchup last week, that was really why I did that. That being said, I've made two trades in the past, in the past, for the past two matchups that as far as, as far as I was concerned coming into those games against, against, um, you know, Jake Smith and last week and TJ this week, I thought that I was screwed. I thought there's I thought there's no way that I'm gonna fare well in these matchups. These guys have great teams, great matchups. Um, but I've come out of those two weeks uh, three and one, and and what do I credit that to? Well, it's not these trades. I'll tell you that I made a deal the deal for for Hopkins against Seattle that didn't that didn't help me. I made the deal for Connor against Jacksonville that didn't help me. You know that's the thing in fantasy football. You just never know a lot of the time. You think you know, but sometimes you just never know. You can look at your opponent's matchups and you could say, oh man, you know, I'm in trouble. I'm screwed. And then next thing you know, you go you you go 2-0 or 1-1. One one. Maybe your team doesn't mm-hmm. score a lot of points. But nonetheless, you know, you just never know. You can look at what you believe is a money matchup, you know, with James Conner against Jacksonville. Hopkins against Seattle or a couple weeks back. I remember I played Connor against the Cowboys in DFS. None of those, none of those were played out well, you know, so right. that's, that's, that's fantasy football for you. So a little bit of a tangent there. Do you have anything that you want to add on this deal or did I pretty much cover it? Um, you basically covered it. I, I would just say that, you know, Isaiah, similar situation to uh, Derek needs to win. He had a bunch of injuries, a bunch of bye weeks um so it's just kind of you know hey I, i'll worry about week 12 when i get to week 12 i gotta win this week and uh kudos to you for uh celebrating thanksgiving early by handing over the smallpox infused blankets that is jake luton onto isaiah's team uh who absolutely destroyed him from the inside out with a negative nine point performance if i'm remembering correctly against the Steelers. Um, so congratulations on honoring your pilgrim lineage. <laughs> well, hold on. So I agree with you that if we want to look at it from the standpoint of what was most likely to happen, what was most likely to happen was that Jake Luton wasn't going to have a great game. But I do, I'll just lend you this. From uh, It's easy to forget. Uh, there was a quarterback for Denver, Driscoll, Draft Driscoll, maybe it was week three, week four, started against Pittsburgh, actually had a nice game. So while it's not likely, it's possible. I mean, who, who, I, I doubt anybody, what, you know, had the grapefruits to start Driscoll against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I don't know. I thought it was a kind of an interesting observation because I was looking at the Pittsburgh matchup 
and kind of thinking, is it possible? Is it possible to perform against Pittsburgh um, as a quarterback? And it's and and I was just like, wow, Jeff Driscoll was one of the one of the few who actually had like a decent game. You never would have guessed that. I'll bet you if Drew Locke would have started that game, that he would have positively shit the bed. So, but anyhow, that's neither here nor there. Let's move on to this next deal. So, wow. Okay, so they didn't wait long. Brian and Jake are back at it again. And it sounds, it looks like Jake really missed Jalen Rager. And also, <laughs> also he wanted to get Deshaun Watson. So while we've talked the last few weeks or last couple of weeks about how Brian's team looked interesting with the, you know, Rodgers and Watson as his quarterbacks, that was short-lived uh, because he makes this move here with Jake where Brian gets Tannehill, Keenan Allen, and Tim Patrick in exchange for Deshaun Watson, Jalen Reger, and Jarvis Landry. So I'll let you take this one first. Yeah. Um, you know, Tannehill's been struggling the last couple of weeks relative to what he was doing the first few weeks. Uh, you know, Watson's been pretty consistently good all year, even great. Uh, so it's a pretty clear upgrade at quarterback uh, for, from Jake's perspective. It does cost him Keenan Allen, though. He has to drop down to, uh, you know, uh, Jarvis Landry, who's in that ultra run heavy offense. Um, that, that's a pretty sizable hit there. And then Tim Patrick and Jalen Rager, whatever, they're, they're lottery tickets. Who cares? Um, they both play with crappy quarterbacks, pretty crappy offenses, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so really, it, it's Keenan Allen and Ryan Tannehill for Jarvis Landry and Deshaun Watson. That's a pretty fair valuation, I would say. I'd probably rather have Tannehill Allen, but it's it's really close. And then, um, you know, I, I haven't looked at Watson's, uh, or I'm sorry, Tannehill's schedule, um, but I know Watson has a pretty tough schedule uh, these next couple of weeks. So, And Brian is somewhat surprisingly fighting for his playoff life. Um, so, and so is Jake for that matter. So, uh, it's, it, I, I get it. It makes a lot of sense. It's, it's a fair evaluation, I think. Um, and then of course, you know, Keenan Allen goes off and has a monster game this week as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I just think it's a solid, you know, fair straight across the board trade. It's pretty easy to see what the thought process here is between both of these guys. Sure. I think, I think I would just like to add here though, that I, I do feel I have reasonably um, reasonably strong convictions that I'm on Brian's side of this deal, you know, and I'm not, I have, I haven't been a big Tannehill guy, um, you know, and I'm sure the narrative here is that, is that the Titans love to, to start pounding the rock in December and, and the schedule is great for Derrick Henry and so on and so forth. But that aside, you know, I agree that Watson is an upgrade over Tannehill, but the hit that you take at receiver to get there from Keenan Allen to Jarvis Landry, or I suppose if you wanted to speculate and make an argument that you value Rager more than Landry rest of season, which I think is a totally fair argument, but that says a lot more about Jarvis Landry than it does about Jalen Rager at this point. Um, I, I would much rather be on Brian's side of this, of this deal. So, yeah, I get it. Um, all right, moving on. 
uh, Garza and Brian. <laughs> and of course, and actually, I'm disappointed. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit disappointed that this deal happened because I was hoping that you know I was hoping clearly, clearly against my better judgment, and clearly in vain, that Brian could manage to go an entire season without rostering a Kansas City Chief or trading for one. But before the deadline, he has to go out of his way and make this deal, which which you could make an argument is basically equivalent to... I mean, it's almost irrelevant. It, it's almost irrelevant. Now, now, of course, watch these one of these guys... You know, could easily prove me wrong. These are the types of guys that I would refer to in this format as sort of like, you know, and 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 I guess I haven't said their names yet. KJ Hamler and Miko Hardman. Um, Garza gets Hamler, Brian gets Hardman. I think that I think that these are the types of guys that you view as sort of like low floor, high ceiling flex options, which you know. Which can pay off if you're in a pinch, and you know, and you need a you need a flex, you know. KJ Hamler, uh, I don't know about this last week, but the the couple weeks prior, his target share um, out there with the Denver Broncos surprisingly good, um, and and Nicole Hardman, you know, he just got off the COVID list, and but Sammy Watkins, as always, every season has struggled to stay on the field, and mm-hmm. so. You know, these are guys who, like I said, you throw them out there and, you know, maybe you get something close to zero, but these guys can also hit that home run ball. And right. so that's sort of the, that's sort of the allure of these types of, of players. So, I mean, it's, as far as value is concerned, it's hard to debate that it's not fair value, but um, it's like if, if Brian was going to go out there and get a chief, I guess he's gonna go get the most the most attainable one, the one that's not gonna that's and, and and you know what? Good on him for that. He didn't go out there because because sometimes it's tempting when people know that you really want something, you go out there and you overpay and you trade yourself out of it. Well, Brian is like you said, he's fighting for his playoff life, so I think that it's um, totally commendable that he went with his head instead of his heart on this deal. Sure. Um, both of these guys are fantasy pasta. You throw them against the wall, see if it sticks. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what they are. Um, you know, it's quite disappointing that, uh, to me at least that Garza decided to make this deal, but not really pursue a quarterback at all. Um, in a week where there was very good, we talked about it last week. He might not have any quarterbacks and, that came to fruition and you know, I, I know the, the odds were long, uh, nearly impossible, but, uh, you know, I, you would like to see Garza at least try. Um, but, uh, I guess he makes this deal for some unknown reason. Uh, and like, I mean, the value is fine. It's just team wise, just, ugh, it, it's, it's, it's rather disappointing, I would say. So, um, you know, like you said, good for Brian for showing some discipline um, all season, really. Uh, as somebody who had Tyree Kill and talked to him constantly about it, um, you know, his his offers were 
or our talks were, you know, pretty, uh, pretty fairly valued. So uh, good for Brian. Um, and yeah, I, I think, you know, both guys kind of get, like I said, they get pasta they're going to throw them against the wall, see if anything sticks. I think that's, that's about right. Um, moving on to this next deal here and Cam trades James White to Max who got on the league chat and said, Hey, does anybody have a running back? I need a running back. And just like that, bang, bang, Cam trades uh, James White, who he had just picked up, picked up off of waivers to Max in exchange for five fab. A couple thoughts here real quick before I, before I pass this one uh, over to you. First of all, and the reason that I bring any of this up is because I was here with Cam when he made this deal. He made this deal during the games on Sunday. So I was talking to him. Um, I didn't know that he sent this offer. First of all, the first mistake that I thought I th- that I felt like was made here was that Cam should have asked for all nine of Max's fab because I'm pretty sure he could have gotten it. Um, James White had a nice game. Cam, Cam, you know, had no fab. And the reason he wanted fab in the first place is because he lost Burrow and he wanted to try to have a competitive bid for Finley. Um, so that's basically my my main grievance here is just that, you know, you you never get what you don't ask for, but Cam knows that. So um, otherwise, you know, things worked out for him the way that he wanted them to. He did bid five on Finley. He did win him. And then Zach Taylor pulled out the rug from underneath him. But, <laughs> but you know, but... You know he had a he had a plan, and he executed it. That there was just um, you know as far as this trade this trade in particular is concerned, I wouldn't have been surprised if, if he could have gotten all nine of Max's fab. I guess at that point the question is, and we'll never know the answer to this. Um, do you does Cam throw if he if he could get all nine fab from Max? Does he throw all nine of it on Finley? Or does he withhold some of it? If I had to predict, I'd say he probably throws all nine because he wants to make sure that he has the most competitive bid that he can. But let's let's entertain the possibility, albeit for no reason. Let's entertain <laughs> it anyways, that he throws five fab out there. Well, now he's got four fab left and maybe he could throw four fab out there to make a bid on... I don't even remember the name of this loser that they're going with in Cincinnati. Instead. Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. Maybe he could throw four fab at Brandon Allen, which wouldn't have been enough, but maybe he could have thrown four fab at Brandon Allen, or maybe he could have thrown four fab at uh, Glennon, which I think would have gotten him, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, or, um, you know, or he could have potentially even thrown, he didn't put a bid on him, but he could have even thrown uh four fab at at you know Jacoby Brissett and speculate on the on the situation there with Philip Rivers and his toe. Um but he but he probably like I said probably he goes after Allen or Glennon and even if you get Glennon that's better than nothing. So but you know what it is what it is. That's a that's a an universe that exists out there that never transpired so um yeah 
but uh, otherwise the deal's fine. Yeah. It's a pretty good deal for Max, especially after Rex Burkhead uh, tears his ACL. Um, I agree. There's some upside there. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really in reality. The trade is James White for Ryan Finley. And I mean, even with the benefit, even without the benefit of hindsight, I think we both could have seen that this was going to be a, a good trade for Max. I would say so. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's it's definitely I, I understand why Cam does it. Losing a quarterback this late in the year freaking sucks. So, um, especially like what a day before the trade deadline too. So it's not even like he has the week to kind of you know try and figure something out there. So. You know, you, you take the path of least resistance, which is Ryan Finley, sadly, um, and you hope for the best, and it just it didn't work out. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it's a blow. It's there's no doubt about it. Sure, I'll and we'll talk more about um, that whole QB situation when we talk about um, at the end of this pod when we talk about you know the next two weeks and the playoff picture and whatnot. Sure. Um, so a couple, a few more trades here. We've got this ne- okay, yeah. So this next deal. Oh man, this is going to be one of those deals that we talk about that there's actually there's actually something to be said here, okay? So some sometimes we get some trades and they come across our desk and we look at them and we say, "Oh, yeah, that was a trade." And then that's about it. <laughs> not not a lot to see here, okay? But sometimes there's a deal that happens and you just pause for a minute. There's a lot of thoughts going through your head, you know, and I guess if you had to really just sort of consolidate all of those thoughts, you just, you're just left with, with one thought, which, which is a question. And it's a question that you don't want to ask whenever there's a deal. Why? (laughs) And, and so the deal here, of course was TJ and Max, if you want, I mean, you, you might call it a, a mega deal, a super deal, uh, I guess, maybe. It's definitely one of those deals that gets that gets some attention. TJ acquires Pat Mahomes and AJ Brown from Max in exchange for Lamar Jackson, Tyreek Hill, and Chase Edmonds. Oh, man. I think... <laughs> Go ahead. No, this, this is interesting. I don't know what side of this you're going to fall on. Um, it, it's very simple here. So, and and you read the chat, so you can kind of get, you kind of delve into um, the mind of these guys insofar as they will allow you to. And Max says that it was difficult for him to make this move, but the but what sold him on it was that the only way he was willing to move Mahomes was if he if as he as he said it if as long as he would get all of his touchdowns so 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 obviously what he's what he's alluding to here is he already has Kelsey in this deal he acquires Hill i think that that's mostly right as as far as like getting all of his touchdowns but it's not actually totally right um the other thing is, is it just kind of misses the point, I think. I think a lot of people, and, and don't, don't get me wrong, like, I didn't even mind to look at the numbers like that until we were talking about 
on the league chat, what was it, two weeks ago, talking about the MVP race for, for this season. And, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's got to be Tyler, right? Well, then TJ mentions Mahomes, and I go and look at his numbers. And it's remarkable to think that there is a very compelling case to be made that Mahomes is actually playing better football than he did in 2018 when he was the MVP. Mm-hmm. And and in the end, maybe he comes short of that mark. But I think the point is just that the fact that he's even in the conversation, he's even playing, the fact that he's even playing relatively close to, he, uh, to how he did in 2018, that's all you need to know. I mean, that's what we're talking about right now. We're talking about Pat Mahomes, if the season ends today, as far as as far as I'm concerned, he's the 101 in 2021, and I'm not really sure that there's much of a conversation to be had here. You're talking about you're talking about the queen chess piece on the board, Pat Mahomes, the ultimate platinum chip, and and this is a guy that I'm just not sure that you that I'm just not sure that you that you can trade him, you know. Yeah. And, and if you, and if you do, then I feel like the only way you do it is if you make your, you make your, um, you know, the other team, they have to overpay. I mean, they they just have to, well, that's not what happened here. Um, not even close. As a matter of fact, uh, TJ stole Mahomes as far (laughs) as I'm concerned. I mean, listen, listen, this is, hear me out here. Lamar Jackson and regression are synonymous. Okay. Lamar Jackson is not playing even remotely close to the level that he did in 2019. And he never was going to, if you look at the numbers, it was just never in the, it was never going to be in the cards for him. Um, And, and Matt, here's Max fighting for his playoff life, whether he sees it that way or not. And you're going to make a trade where you give up Pat Mahomes and A.J. Brown, but I'm mostly focused on Mahomes here. You're going to trade Pat Mahomes and you're going to pick up Lamar Jackson. And and you're and week 12, you're going up against you're, you're going up against Matty G and 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 Lamar Jackson gets the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I get it. Pat Mahomes is going up against Tampa. Maybe that's not the greatest matchup ever, but it never it didn't stop Drew Brees, didn't stop Jared Goff. So I'm sorry. Uh, when I'm fighting for my playoff life, I would much rather have Pat Mahomes against Tampa Bay than Lamar Jackson against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Especially when Lamar Jackson, I'm pretty sure he scored like 10 fantasy points last time he saw the Steelers defense. Um, and at this stage of the game. Those little details, those things matter a lot. That attention to detail is what's going to separate the teams that go to the playoffs or that, or at the very least that optimize their chance to go to the playoffs and the ones that don't make it. And and when yeah. you're assessing a trade of this caliber, where you're going to give up on Patty Mahomes, you have to look at it. You have to scrutinize it as far as I'm concerned at that level. And so now we've got TJ out here. We thought it was great when when Brian had Rodgers and Watson for two weeks. 
if it was even two weeks. TJ's got Pat Mahomes and Kyler Murray. In a super flex league, he's going to throw those guys at you every single week? Yep. I mean, and and, and and did and what did he give up? I mean, let's look at it. Let's just let's just look at it objectively here, okay? AJ Brown, let's position by position here, okay? So let's just pretend that it's AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you'd rather have Tyreek Hill. Um, but AJ Brown's been pretty good. And I and I'll admit it, I was not an AJ Brown guy um coming into the season. But he's good. You need to start him. I mean, he, he what are we going to say? Low end one? Low end one? High end two at the absolute worst? But, I mean, he's a good receiver. You start him every week. Tyreek has been scoring touchdowns at an uh, at a level that is unprecedented for him. You know? Um, sort of similar to what we were seeing earlier this year with Thielen. Although Thielen is still, you know, scoring quite a bit. But nonetheless... Nonetheless, the point here is just that I think that yes, you give the edge to Tyreek, but it's not it's not, you know, it's not a canyon that separates the two in value. Okay? Now let's look at the other part of this deal. Pat Mahomes for Lamar Jackson and Chase Edmonds. If oh, if right. that's if that's the way you're breaking this trade up, I mean, you got to be kidding me. That's take a bath right? I mean, that's, so, so it's no wonder that, that TJ wanted to make this, this trade happen. And, um, this is going to be one of those deals, I think, in all likelihood that, that Max looks back on and says, you know what? Probably should have done that. You know, when you go back and you assess your season, um, and say, you know, let's just entertain, uh, possible of uh, you know a future, a possible future, where Max misses the playoffs, and then you and then you and then you say, okay, well, why? Right. This is one of the reasons why I would say. Right. I mean, yeah. that being it, said, it, that being said, Lamar Jackson does get Dallas next week, but I would I would just like to push the point home that at this stage of the game, when you're fighting for your playoff life, without this week, there is no next week. Right. I I mean, Max is still in really good position to make the playoffs. He's fourth. Um, that being said, he's one game better than the 10th place team, which is Jake. So, uh, you know, we're going to get to that in a minute here, how jumbled up everything is and how close everything is. Um, so Max is still in a pretty good position, but he's certainly not in. Uh, in fact, only one person is actually in, um, you know, that being Steven. Uh, congrats. Uh, I don't know what you know, God, you sacrifice the chicken to every year, but uh, congrats on being back in the playoffs uh, and probably clinching that number one seed. If we're going to be honest uh, up by three games with four matchups to go, so to speak. So, um, but anyways, Max still in pretty good shape, but I, I think this trade, honestly, I, I think TJ's the favorite to win the league. Now um, he, he's got a very good roster from top to bottom. And now you, you get to add Kyler Murray and Pat Mahomes to it. Um, there's going to be week, there's going to be a week where those guys combine to score 40 or uh, 80 points. Um, that's very realistic. That could happen, especially in our format. Um, and you know, Lamar Jackson, if this was 2019, Lamar Jackson, fine. I, I get it. Like I, I can understand that, but this is 2020 Lamar Jackson and 2020 Lamar Jackson is kind of a scrub. 
I mean, at least in the passing game, he's, he's pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, it's a home run for, for TJ. If you want to, you know, a quick little fun note here after this trade was, uh, was, you know, completed TJ and I briefly talked about the idea of a Russell Wilson for Pat Mahomes trade. And I think that's the level of player you have to get to give up Patrick Mahomes and keep in mind, it wasn't just Russell Wilson for Pat Mahomes straight across. There was, you know, probably me having to give up Josh Jacobs for a running back downgrade there. Um, I think that's the level of, you know, return you need for Pat Mahomes. Uh, Tyreek is great. Uh, don't get me wrong. I had him. Uh, Chase Edmonds is a nice lottery ticket, um, and but it does kind of seem like his usage is trending downward, um, at least for now. So and A.J. Brown, you got to remember, he missed two games and he had that early bye because of COVID. Uh, but ever since then, he's putting up like 13 points a week just consistently. So um, it's, it's a home run for TJ. I, I think he now has the best roster in the league. Um, and, you know, that's something Max needs to consider, you know, considering that he's probably going to have to beat TJ in the playoffs at some point. Um, and while you don't make trades exclusive or you don't not make trades exclusively because of, you know, Hey, I might play you in the playoffs. It does kind of have to factor in, I think, um, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, I think, you know, I think it's wise to say, Hey, I'm about to make this trade with, you know, this guy who I'm probably going to see in the playoffs. Do I still like my chances if I make this trade? Mm, I, I, I don't know. And Max lost Christian McCaffrey for another week. Um, obviously, you know, he's rolling with uh, Lamar Jackson against Pittsburgh, if that game gets played, by the way. Um, he's rolling with uh, Phillip Rivers on a bum toe. And, like, I get it. Rivers' schedule is really nice, but that's still, like, 39-year-old Phillip Rivers. Right. And that's I, I love the point that you make about looking at the roster that you're trading with and thinking to my thinking to yourself, I have to beat this guy. Do I like my odds? Does Max, assuming he makes the playoffs, with Lamar Jackson, 2020 Lamar Jackson, mind you, and 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 Philip Rivers, do you like your odds heads up against Mahomes and Kyler Murray? Give me a break. And I know there's more, I know there's more to the team, to each team than just those those two players, you know, on each roster. But I mean, come on, man, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, if you actually do want to look at the rosters, uh, Max probably has an edge at, uh, running back, uh, assuming McCaffrey ever gets back, which who knows, but I mean, TJ's got, why would the Panthers play McCaffrey? Right. I wouldn't, um, you know, wide receivers, TJ's got more upside there. Tight ends, Max obviously with Kelsey has a huge argument here, but TJ's got a couple of really nice tight ends. Um, is having two tight ends better than having one and a half? Or does Kelsey do the work of two? I don't know, but that's a toss-up. Um, and then the quarterbacks, and this is where the, even if Max holds the lead in, court, in running backs, he thinks, and wide receiver, the gap between the two quarterbacks is massive. So if he looked at that at all, I would think he wouldn't have done this. He wouldn't have done this deal. But uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong. And uh, he, I know for a fact, he really believes Philip Rivers. And with the schedule, I get it. Uh, but that's that's putting a lot of eggs in the basket of you know 2020 Lamar Jackson and honestly 2020 Philip Rivers. So 
Um, we'll see if it works out for him, but uh, I'm with you. I, I think, you know, this is a pretty easy trade. Um, and, you know, when TJ says he struggled to offer it up, I don't know if I believe him because I, I don't. don't. That's, yeah. that's fake regret. That's, some, yeah. that's, that's a trade tactic that you use to get the other person to, to push the button. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, no, it's no, totally no. I, true. I, I, I'm well aware of the tactic. So, uh, but anyways, I think we've said all that needs to be said on that trade. Well, there's uh, one more thing, up... actually. There's one more thing, actually. This right. actually, this actually reminds me a lot. If you can remember last season when Max was fighting for his playoff life and he traded for Derrick Henry when Derrick Henry was going into a buy, but he, but, and then he admitted that he didn't even look at that before he made the deal. Right. And ultimately, he missed the playoffs. And I would not be surprised if that's how this trade ultimately transpires as well. Maybe, but I mean, he is in much better shape playoff-wise this year than he was at the time last year. So, um, but we'll see. Like I said, Max still has a good team. Uh, did it get better with this trade? I don't. I don't. I don't really think so. But we have another Max trade to talk about, and that one took 15 minutes. And I'm still trying to get to this kind of you know playoff push preview type of thing here so sure okay let's 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 move ahead move ahead so the next deal here not as much to say about this one max acquires jonathan taylor and trey burton from jake smith in exchange for Taysom hill jerry judy and gerald everett this deal right here not as interesting to me i guess i don't really know what to say about it i mean i guess I guess, truth be told, I think I think I maybe I think I like this deal more for Max. I'll say there's two things I think about this deal. First of all, like Max goes out there and makes that deal with Cam, where he gets James White. Then he makes another deal with TJ. He gets Edmonds, and now he goes and he gets Jonathan Taylor. And it's like, dude, if you needed a running back, I mean, you didn't have to. You didn't have to make all those moves. I mean, in the end, like, you know, Jonathan Taylor is is like a high upside option. His schedule's great down the stretch here. Maybe, you know, last week, if that's any indication, then maybe Frank Reich has actually seen the light and he's actually going to give Jonathan Taylor the ball, which would be an upgrade. We haven't really seen that much. Before this last week, we hadn't seen that much since, I don't know, week two. Um... So, in any case, you know, I like this move for, I think I like this move for Max. Just, you know, gambling on on the upside of Jonathan Taylor here mm-hmm. and and not really giving up too much. I mean, I know Jerry Judy is, you know, he's been decent. And Taysom Hill for the next uh, couple of weeks is a, a really interesting super flex option. I, I uh, You know, honestly, I it's going to be more than two weeks or a few weeks. Um I think Taysom Hill is the starter for the rest of the fantasy season. Um, I, I just Breeze has a punctured lung and eleven fractured ribs. He's thirty eight. What? No, he's like forty two years old, right? And the Saints are eight and two. Uh, they're going to win that division. It, it just, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think Taysom Hill is kind of a long term answer in regards to this year. Jonathan Taylor, you mentioned he had coming off of a game where he had great usage and obviously he was really productive. Um, but there still has to be in the back of your head, you know, they've had no issue going away from him at any point this year. It's not like Jonathan Taylor has been getting all the touches. And then this is the week that he finally had, you know, the breakout game. It's they've used Jordan Wilkins. They've used Naheem Hines. 
uh, they've used those guys over a healthy Jonathan Taylor. So uh, you got to be careful there. Trey Burton, that, that, I mean, that's nice and all. You might catch a touchdown. Uh, he's a solid tight end too. I mean, I, who am I to talk about tight ends? Obviously, I don't know anything. Um, but I, I just, to me, I, I think this trade, it's it's pretty fair value, I would say. I, 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 I think it really comes down to how you feel about Taysom Hill. If you think that he's only the starter for two weeks, then, you know, it's probably not a great trade. But if you think he's a starter the rest of the way, he's got some Tim Tebow, you know, type fantasy value. Where sure. probably not not a great passer, but he's going to run so much and he's going to score those rushing touchdowns that he's worth starting on a daily basis, especially in a two quarterback league or no, you're super totally, flex. You're totally right. That's actually a great point, you know, and especially because Jake has been leaning on Drew Locke as a super flex, <laughs> yeah. but now you can rock with Taysom Hill in the super flex. And if you're right, you roll those dice. If you're right, and Taysom Hill is the starter you know, moving into the playoffs, the fantasy playoffs, or maybe even the rest of the regular season, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for the, you know, the NFL regular season. Like, that's actually a really, a really solid gamble for, for Jake to make, you know. And really, if we just throw the tight ends out of this deal, you know, yeah. you give up Jonathan Taylor, you get to gamble on Taysom Hill, and you get Jerry Judy. So this is a deal that actually makes a lot of sense for both guys. I like it for both sides. Mm -hmm. Um, And the final trade here, before we get into our basically rest of season um, impressions, I guess, or forecast. Um, This last deal was between me and Jake just before the deadline. I think there was maybe, you know, half an hour before the end of Monday Night Football um, of week 11 and the deadline. Um, you know, closed off the trade window. And I acquire Nick Chubb and Calvin Ridley from Jake Smith in exchange for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, DeAndre Hopkins, and David Johnson. Um, My thoughts? Well, I feel like I'll just say two things and leave it at that. And if you want to hear more, which you probably don't, (laughs) then, you know, so be it. I'll say two things. First of all, you know, again, as I've been saying, every single week, the last three weeks, I'm not trying to win the trade. I'm trying to win the week. Um, you know, Nick Chubb is going up against Jacksonville this week. Again, assuming that the, tra- the assuming the game is played because COVID is blowing up all over the league, uh, all over the NFL. But Nick Chubb gets Jacksonville. Calvin Ridley um, potentially will be the guy for the Falcons, there's a chance that maybe Julio misses, but even if he doesn't, Ridley's been, you know, Ridley's been good this year. And, um, and the matchup this week is against Vegas, which is, I like, I view that as, as far as, you know, games this week, that's like the shootout, the sexy shootout matchup of the week, or certainly one of them anyhow. Um, so, Basically, I wanted to have those two guys for this week as I try to fight for my playoff life. And I give up DeAndre Hopkins, David Johnson, and Clyde. Um, you know, Clyde is going up against Tampa. You can't run against them. David Johnson, you're going to have to wait for week till week 13 at the earliest to get him back. And I suppose I didn't actually think about this at the time that I made the deal, but we actually don't even know for a fact that he'll even come back week 13. Yeah. So, um, and then Deandre Hopkins. Oh, and one more thing on Houston. 
the only team in the NFL that runs the ball less efficiently than the Houston Texans this year is the Chicago Bears. And that tells you everything you need to know about the Houston yep. Texans rushing offense. And then finally – sucks, as yeah. predicted by me. And then finally, uh, DeAndre Hopkins gets to visit Stephon Gilmore this week before he visits Jalen Ramsey next week. Um, yeah. Now, that being said, within the context of that Arizona offense, it might not matter. Also, Gilmore's banged up, so he might not play. But nonetheless, I this is all just about matchups for me. So again, two things, and then I'm done with this trade. Number one, like I said, not trying to win the trade, trying to win the week. Number two, Matty G wins the deadline. How's that for a headline? <laughs> well, it's the first time you've ever been active at the trade deadline, so you were bound to win it. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, not only did, did you win the week, uh, or improve your odds to win this week. I think you just won the trade straight out here. Uh, Hopkins is great. Um, you know, we'll, we'll ignore the fact that he kind of sort of got shut down by Trey Flowers. Not really, but kind of. Um, but, you know, Hopkins is obviously an upgrade over Ridley, but uh, I, don't, I don't even look at it as comparing those two guys. I look at it as Chubb for Hopkins. I'd much rather have Nick Chubb. He's fresh. That offense is going to run the football all damn day. Um, the wide receivers there are awful anyways, that juice is okay, but the rest just, there's just not any weapons there besides Chubb and, uh, and cream hunt. So they're going to run the football all day. Um, you know, Atlanta conversely, they're going to throw a lot. Um, and if Julio does miss this week, and by the way, even if Julio plays, we know that, you know, there's always the risk that Julio is going to miss a game here or there. Um, Ridley's just, it's. You know, if it's Ridley, I look at it as Chubb for Hopkins, and if you want to say that's a wash, fine, whatever. I'd rather have Chubb, but I, I understand if you say it's a wash. Then it's David Johnson and Clyde for Calvin Ridley. I'd much rather have Ridley because, like you mentioned, David Johnson is on IR right now. He can't help Jake, who is the last team that's not been eliminated yet, if that makes sense. Like, he's still very much in the playoff race, but he's in 10th place, and the four teams behind him, they're all out. Uh, so he's not going to have David Johnson. You mentioned Clyde's matchup against Tampa. Well, you know, even the geniuses of Kansas city aren't, aren't, you know, immune to this random sensation that's going around that we have to give the veteran crappier player equal playing time to the younger, fresher, better, more talented player at running back in particular. Um, you know, it's, Le'Veon Bell's still there. He's still cutting into the workload. And while Le'Veon Bell's certainly not as bad as, say, Adrian Peterson, uh, he's not very good anymore, I don't think. And Clyde is clearly better. But, you know, Andy Reid doesn't see it that way. Or he wants to continue to use both of them, and they're winning. So it's kind of hard to argue with his method. Uh, but to me, you're not going to have David Johnson for, like you said, at least two weeks, two weeks that Jake really needs to go his way. And then Clyde has the bad matchup this week, and he's kind of in a platoon. So uh, I, I just think it's a home run for you. Um, I, I think you get better both this week and in the long run, and uh, it sets you up really nicely for the playoff run, whereas yeah. Jake takes, I just think, too many unnecessary. Like, valuation-wise, I think the trade is fine. But logistically, it just doesn't make any sense for Jake, in uh, my opinion. Yeah, and the, the final one final little nugget here. Most people around the industry, the fantasy industry, um, are raving about Derrick Henry's playoff schedule and 
in rest of season, Derrick Henry. And they're and you know what? They're probably not wrong. I'm sure Derrick I'm sure Derrick Henry will be great. Um, but I think that outside of as I've already dubbed him, Pat Mahomes, the the Queen chess piece, okay, I get it, super flex league. If we're gonna put quarterbacks aside in a super flex league, and outside of Derrick Henry, I think Nick Chubb is is like, you know, rest of season. You know, people talk about, you know, league winners or the queen chess piece, however you want to phrase it, like uh, Chubb, maybe to maybe to a certain extent, even Kareem Hunt, because uh, because really Derrick Henry, probably not really that attainable in trades. It'd be difficult to pull off for sure. Um, Chubb and Hunt, you could acquire before the deadline. Their schedule rest of season is pretty awesome. So um, yep. just some speculation there. We'll see how that plays out. But that's just sort of my that's sort of my opinion and another, and another motivating factor for me in this deal. All right, let's get into rest of season as we look at the standings and see where everybody sort of lies. Um, as you already stated, um, you know, we've got 10 teams that are 500 or better. And the sixth seed, as it stands today, is Scott at 12 and 10. Okay, so that means that you know, one game separates the six seed from the 10 seed. Um, the teams below that are Derek at 8, 13, and 1, Tyler at 8 and 14, Isaiah at 8 and 14, and Garza at 7 and 15. As far as this playoff race is concerned, uh, I think it's pretty safe to say at this point, those guys are, those guys are out. Yep. So, what you see here is, like, and as you already pointed out, Steven, the number one overall seed, the only team to lock up a playoff spot, 16 and 6. Okay. So he's in. And, and matter of fact, not only is he in, uh, he's probably a surefire bet for a first round bye. The only way he doesn't get it is if he goes 0 and 4 and both TJ and I go 4 and 0. Okay, so so there you go. So yeah. <laughs> so all things considered, in all likelihood, in all likelihood, yep. Steven gets a first round bye. So I'll I'll pass it off to you and kind of get your impressions here between the remaining teams two through ten here. So you, TJ, Max, Cam, Scott, me, Brian, Casey, Jake. If you could just give sort of, you know, general impressions about these teams, um, where they stand, and kind of predictions for when the smoke clears, uh, who are the six that are moving on at a chance for the glory in the 2020 fantasy football apocalypse season championship in the Hawks Nest? Sure. Um Let's start, like you said, Steve, Steven is the only one that's actually clinched a playoff spot and has more or less, if he just even beats the league median once over the next two weeks, he's going to be, um, well, I mean, I suppose technically there could be a three-way tie for those uh, for that number one overall seed. Um, if Steven goes one and three and TJ and myself go four and oh, but Steven's going to get a bye. He's in. Uh, he, he will not play a more, he will not play a super meaningful matchup until uh, week 15. Uh, congrats to him. Um, in term, you know, it's funny. We talked last week off air, I think it was, and we talked about like, what's the magic number 
in our old format, it used to be seven, right? No team that had won seven games had ever missed the playoffs in our league. Um, and we both kind of speculated it's probably 14. Uh, 14 and 12 probably get you in. I don't know if that's the case anymore just because of how bunched up everybody is. And it's tough because I haven't gone through and looked at the schedules to see if it's even possible, you know, because a lot of these teams are going to play each other, obviously, right? So um, I don't even know if it's possible for a 14-win team to not make it in. Uh, but that being said, both TJ and myself are at 13 and 9. So if we go 2 and 2 over these next, you know, four opportunities, then we're probably both, I mean, then we're both in if we go 2 and 2. And even if we go 1 and 3, I think our points scored totals will, will get us in. Um, so I feel like me and TJ are in a really good position to make the playoffs. As for winning in the playoffs, <laughs> I'll get to that in a minute. Um, you mentioned Max is up next in the at 12 and 10. He's tied with Cam at 12 and 10. He's tied with uh, Scott at 12 and 10. And you are at 11, 10, and 1. So, I mean, side note, guys, that 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 uh, tie that Matt has could, and I, I would say probably is going to knock one of you out of the playoffs. And it could be me, but it's probably going to knock either Max, Cam, um, or Scott out of the playoffs. Uh because remember, wins don't matter as much as losses. Uh, you know, we, we talk about wins, but really it's losing the least amount of times and a tie is not a loss. So uh, that tie could come into play here. Um, you know, Max has a good enough team that I think he probably is still going to sneak in, but I wouldn't be shocked if he went one in three the next couple of weeks and, you know, missed the playoffs, although his point total is, is quite high. So uh, he's probably going to get in. I think Cam... You know, it was a good run, buddy, but I, I just feel like the loss of Joe Burrow is just so massive. Um, you know, not only that, it also hurts Tyler Boyd uh, as, you know, and as a T. Higgins owner, I, I, I sympathize with that. Uh, you're not going to, you, I mean, you didn't get a quarterback to play. Uh, you have the Denver running, get, running backs, and we talked about how untrustworthy they are. I don't know if Joe Mixon is ever going to play again. Uh, this just kind of sets up as kind of a a fall from grace, so to speak, and it's not and it's not you know 100 your fault, and you could you could definitely sneak into the playoffs still. It's not over by any stretch, but just that loss of of you know um, of Joe Burrow at this stage of the game, and on Sunday too, so you didn't even really have time to to go find another quarterback. That's just that's so tough to overcome. So uh, it, it's it's tough luck, but. I think Cam probably slides out of this thing. Um, I think Scott is in a really good position. I think he's got a solid team to, to sneak in here. And, you know, then it kind of comes down to you versus Brian, in my opinion. I think Jake's got a shot. So does Casey. Of course they do. But I just think Cam's going to slide out. And then uh, either you or Brian will get the last playoff spot. Um, you know, on Brian's side of things, he gets to play Derek this week. Um, and no offense to you, Derek, but that's probably a win. Although, who knows, right? Uh, it's it's certainly not a, a for sure thing uh, by any stretch. Um, but, and then Derek gets to play, or sorry, uh, Brian gets to play me next week, which, you know, tough matchup, but eh, I, I think the, the matchups are in his favor here. Um, whereas you get to play Garza in week 13, which is, you know, very nice. Uh, and this week you get, who do you get this week? Max. 
max. So yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think you each have one tough matchup and one kind of, at least on paper, a lay, a layup. So, uh, I, I think it's possible that that tie comes into play and you get in over Brian. Uh, and it's just, I, I think at the end of the day, the playoff teams are going to be in some order. Uh, Steven, me, TJ, Max stays in Scott and then you, but Max is very much in play or I'm sorry. Uh, Max is very much in play to miss the playoffs. Brian could easily sneak in. I think Casey has a shot to sneak in. Jake could sneak in. Like it's just, it's, it's insane that we're talking about basically, um, you know, we're talking about what nine teams fighting for five playoff spots. I just, that's, that's insanity to me, but you know, um, and again, in terms of who I think probably is the favorite to win, I think it's probably TJ, uh, those quarterbacks, man. And the rest of his team is so solid. Uh, I, I I would predict that TJ is going to take the the bye. Uh, he'll take second place. Uh, he'll get the bye week. Um, and then we'll see. But you never know. Like, it, it doesn't take, you know, I like my roster pretty well. It only scored 80 points last week. You just, you, you never know. So uh, I, I think, you know, Basically, at the end of the day, Cam falls back and then everybody else just slides up a spot into the playoff race. Um, I think that's my prediction. Sure. So um, a couple of things before I make my prediction. Just looking at the next two weeks real quick. Of course, this week I already mentioned I play Max. That's a very, very important game in terms of playoff implications. There's quite a few this week. Yeah, a few of them. So some other ones that stand out, of course, are you and Steven. That's a very important matchup. Um, and as me. Well, well, yes, true, yes. Um, but that's a very that's a very important match, matchup for yep. with playoff implications. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as TJ and Casey is also, I yep. think, a really, really important one. Um, and then I think as we move forward into week 13, um, I'm looking at an also you versus Brian as a very key. That's a very, very key one right there. Um, and then we've got Steven closing out his season against Jake Smith and, um, and Max going heads up with Casey to close out the year. So that's not to say though, that there aren't other matchups that have very important playoff implications. I think two that stand out to me are Tyler's matchups the next two week weeks are against Cam and then Scott. And don't be surprised if he sort of plays the upset role here, um, you know, giving guys key L's at the end of the season when they can least afford to take those L's. Um, so those are the sort of the things that stand out to me as I look forward um, at the next two weeks here and we, as we move towards the playoffs. Um, as far as the playoff prediction, the way I see it is, uh, you know, Steven, I think Steven and TJ are definitely safe. I think because you have 13 wins, even though maybe you, maybe you feel not as confident as you did a few weeks back about where you stand. I think that you're probably safe as well. So I think those top three teams are in, um, I would not be shocked whatsoever to see Max and Cam slide out. Um, and if they do, I think that I think that I have a good chance of making my way up into the top six um, come week fourteen, and that final remaining spot 
I think it's really going to come down to probably Brian and Jake. Although Casey certainly is in the mix as well, but his schedule is pretty tough. Um, I really think it's going to come down to either Brian or Jake for that last spot, but it is going to be, I mean, it's going to be close. And I think it's going to come down to just a points tiebreaker in the end. And those guys are all bunched together. Uh, you know, Brian's currently at 1328, Casey's at 1326, and Jake's at 1311. So really what this kind of reminds me of, and I think the takeaway, um, you know, the takeaway or the take-home point here is um, when I was growing up watching some NFL film stuff, you always hear these old-school 80s coaches, and they're sort of, you know, they're sort of glamorizing um, the game of football, um, and they're saying – that it's a game of inches and we compete for inches, you know, and, but it's true. And it's true also in fantasy football, you know, like I was talking about earlier when I was breaking down, uh, when I was breaking down my trade or some of the other trades, some of the little details where you have to look at bye weeks and matchups and who am I playing the next couple of weeks and how does, how do all these different things sort of line up, you know? And I think that, you know, not <laughs> If I haven't ragged on Max enough in this podcast, like I said, it just kind of reminds me of when I talk about competing for inches in fantasy football, what does that look like? Well, like I said, you know, I mentioned the trade that he made last year for Derrick Henry. He's competing for his playoff life, and he didn't look at the fact that Derrick Henry was going on by. You know, that matters. Those are those details that matter. Or when you make a trade where you give up Pat Mahomes and – uh, and then, you know, you bring in uh, Lamar Jackson going up against Pittsburgh in a must-win game against a, against a good, uh, another good roster that's also in the, in the mix for the playoffs, you know. Uh, or let's talk about, you know, a few weeks back when, you know, was it last week or the week before? He played against, uh, two weeks ago, he played against Cam, had a bunch of guys on by because of the Chiefs and stuff. And instead of you know, you know, dropping some bench guys, trying to feel the full roster, maybe even if you have to get crazy with it, mix it up a little bit, negotiating some trades so that you could feel feel the full roster. Uh, don't ever just accept L's. Because when you accept L's, uh, and then we get to the end of the season here, or, or as, I've, as I've already mentioned multiple, multiple times with the, with the Justin Herbert uh, trade, um, you know, trade Herbert before he plays. Instead of going 2-0, and you go 0-2. Well, now that we're looking at where we all stand in this race, you know, those are the inches that you need, you know, but you let him go. And, and, and so in the end, that's the thing for me. The thing for me is if I don't make the playoffs, uh, then it is what it is, right? But at the end of the day, I know that I did the best that I could to optimize my chances to make the to make the playoffs. And sometimes it's just not in the cards. Maybe you get maybe you get poured on by, you know, a bad schedule. Maybe you get hit by some key injuries that are impossible to recover from, like Cam potentially is going to see here with with Burrow and how that echoes through his roster with you know, with um, you know, uh, Joe Mixon and Geo and Tyler Boyd, you know, you, those are things that are just kind of outside of your control. But the things that you can control, 
roster management, setting your lineup, fielding a full lineup, looking looking at you know how you can get an edge week in and week out so you can score as many points as possible every week. You know, that's our that's our job. That's what that's what you do here, right? And so, um, you know, like I said, it's just it's true. It's true on the gridiron in real life. It's true in the fantasy game. This is a game of inches, and we're gonna see just how true that is here. You know, when when week thirteen wraps up here in in a couple weeks, um, we're gonna see that it truly was a game of inches, and it's gonna come mm-hmm. down to a points tiebreaker. I'm almost certain of it. Yeah, so. I, I think you know, uh, you know, uh, next week we'll be able to even kind of dive even deeper into this because we won't have been over an hour uh, in our podcast. We won't have any trades to talk about either. So uh, next week we can actually even dig even a little more deeper into this. But uh, yeah, it, next week's pod is next week's pod might be the most fun because again we don't have to talk about you know trades and trades are awesome to talk about, but when everybody's as bunched up as they are this week and we can just focus on one week. These are the matchups. These are the, you know, this is what has to happen. These are the scenarios. That's going to be a really fun podcast to record next week. Um, maybe TJ or myself will have clinched a playoff spot or maybe somebody else will have well as well. Um, maybe, you know, things will get somehow get even tighter than they already are. Um, but next week's pod might be the most fun of the year. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see, you know, we take it one week at a time. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, anyhow, all right. Well, with that being said, that does it for a very special Thanksgiving edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, real fast. Go ahead. Real fast. Not to interrupt your, uh, your closing remarks here, but I did get a request from Tyler to read this out over the podcast. So I'm going to honor that now at the end when I'm pretty sure nobody's listening. Let's hear it. Tyler says, and I'm reading this straight off of my, straight off of my text messages. Let everyone know I said Tyson is about to get the business Saturday night. (laughs) Or can't be touched. Either way, they get the message. Roy Jones ain't fucking around. End quote. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll see about that. He also sent in a music request, which is why the open was a little bit different. Um, But yeah, I I, I am like a DJ. I do take music requests. So uh, (laughs) if you you got a song you want played at the beginning... uh, shoot me a text and let me know. But uh, there you go, Tyler. Well, I would just like to say on that note that um, I'm just hoping that Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., that that fight is a little bit better than uh, the last time that Liddell and Ortiz fought under Golden Boy Promotions because there's a good chance that that's what we get, and I'm hoping that they actually give us something that is uh, worthwhile and entertaining. Um, And I'm going to assume that all of those names are boxers, uh, MMA, Liddell and Ortiz oh, okay. are MMA fighters, um, but okay. they fought when they were old and crusty, and that's exactly what's going on here with Tyson and Roy Jones. And hopefully, they can give us some fireworks. Real fast, wasn't Roy Jones a thing in like the early nineties? Uh, pretty sure it was the nineties, and even the two thousands. Yeah, they're old. They're old. That's what I'm saying. Hopefully, uh, hopefully nobody dies, uh, but we'll see. In any sure. case, if if this if somebody does die, then I guess on the bright side, uh, you know, people got their money's worth for their pay per view. Bye. So, <laughs> in any case, um, that being said, this is your boy Maddie G, the Omega Three Poppy, wishing you guys a very special Thanksgiving, and 
I guess what I would like to say just to close it out is, is you had to know that Suck My Hawk was going to get Chubb. Wow. Wow.